This is Women in STEM Career and Confidence, the podcast for scientific and professional women who want to restore confidence, make meaningful impact, and balance the things and people that mean most to them. I'm Dr. Hannah Roberts, and I'll be sharing with you insights and inspiration into the mindset and skill set to help you navigate your career and lead powerfully. Understanding our natural talents is crucial in career design and fulfillment. Often we make ourselves bad and wrong for not being talented at a particular skill. For example, not being a big picture thinker or not being great at networking. And as a result, we end up not being able to appreciate where we are actually adding great value because those things just feel too easy. When I first started working with Dr. Erica Parkinson, she was employed as the project manager of Dorset Clinical Trials Unit at the University Hospital's Dorset NHS Foundation. Up until that point, she'd been forcing herself to deliver outside of her leadership strengths to the point of burnout. Putting in more hours to compensate can only work as a strategy for so long. Through our coaching work, she became clear on her talents and is now able to appreciate and add her unique value as Director of R&D at TopMD with a sustainable work-life balance. I can't wait for you to hear Erica's story in her own words. So let's dig in. So welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you so much for being here. No worries. Thank you for having me. And I would love it if you could start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about who you are and what you're currently doing. So, yeah, that's, so I'm Erica. Um, I um, am director of research and development for a spin-out company, um, Top MD. Um, we spun out of the University of Southampton um, three or four years ago. Um, we're a data analysis company. Um, and um, it was spun out of my old lab um, where I used to work. And they contacted me a couple of years ago now yeah two years ago and um wanted to start doing some lab-based studies and asked if i would be interested in coming back and setting up the lab and um and and, and managing that and the studies within the lab and yeah it was a really great opportunity it was quite exciting and so i went for it <laughs> I can't believe that's actually been two years now because I remember yeah. making the choice about whether or not to take yeah. that opportunity during our coaching session. So that's, yes, that's right. Yeah, I can't believe it's it was, been two years. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, it would have been February, March time when um, the offer, when they, they contacted me. So, yeah. 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 So this one came out of the University of Southampton and you've had a bit of a what I call a squiggly career path because I'm not yeah. sure any career path is actually linear but um <laughs> if we take yourself all the way back to the start can you give us a an, a kind of a run through of what decisions you've made in your career what what choices you've made as you've progressed to this point sure so um I uh did my undergrad in um, biomedical science. I was always really interested in medicine, um, biology um, at school um, and A-level. And um, 
going to medical school wasn't really something that I don't know it didn't ever come up on my radar it was nothing I was really encouraged to do by my family or teachers around me um I wish I had been encouraged to look more into that because I think that would have been something I would have really loved but I medical research was something that um interested me and so yeah I I um, opted to do a biomedical science degree but with a year in industry um because I wanted to experience as many opportunities as possible and so that's what I did and I did a year um actually working for um Ministry of Defence um on some um research projects there but from a, on a biological perspective um and that was absolutely fascinating and eye-opening and really opened my eyes to uh research and actually working in a laboratory environment which I loved and I was just like okay yeah this is what I want to do um and then in my final year of my undergrad I really got interested in um immunology and cancer immunology in particular it was a, a final year topic um I did my undergrad um final project in that uh really really interested me and I was encouraged then by um, my mentor in the lab to uh, do a master's degree in oncology, which I applied for and got a place. So I did that, which was, again, really fascinating. And then my mentor for my undergrad project approached me while I was doing my master's degree at a different university to say they had a PhD position that had come up and they thought of me and would I be interested and this was um, in the field of proteomics and bioinformatics, both completely new fields for me. And proteomics was very new and up and coming from a biological perspective anyway, looking at, you know, biological markers of disease. And this was in the area of melanoma and breast cancer. So I did that PhD, absolutely loved it. Um, wanted to continue doing cancer research but that's very competitive but I was really really loved proteomics and was just like proteomics is the future um we should be doing a lot more research in this area and um I applied for a postdoc position at the University of Southampton so I moved I was in Nottingham for my undergrads and my masters so we moved down to Southampton for my postdoc and uh, my first postdoc was in the area of skin allergy, but working in the Centre for Proteomic Research. And I stayed working in Proteomic Centre for 11 years as a postdoc, funded by Unilever, um, doing various different studies in uh, skin allergy. Um, and yeah, they continued to fund me. I was really fortunate. Um, the last postdoc I was working on I was a co-ion which was really exciting um, but moving into lecturing just wasn't something that interested me um, I enjoyed doing tutoring I was actually a facilitator on the postgraduate medical degree which I absolutely loved I was just so overawed by these 
postgraduate students that some of them come from different backgrounds, geography, English, uh, to do medical degrees and just the amount of information they were taking on board and learning week by week. It was just amazing. And I loved being part of that. But I knew lecturing wasn't for me. I really loved doing research. And I got to, say, about 11 years as a postdoc. And I got to the point where I thought, I don't want to do another postdoc contract. I want something more. Um, I'd kind of it it wasn't I wasn't bored but it was more that I needed something fresh I needed to refresh I'd done 11 years of this which was great but I felt like there was nothing new and I couldn't see anything new moving forward it was seen to be a lot more of the same thing and so I applied for some positions outside of academia and I got a post um, for a small biotech company um, who were just setting up a lab within their facility. They made imaging equipment and they wanted to move their biological testing in-house, uh, set up a, a big uh, class two um, tissue culture facility and I was offered a post to run that and be head of that department, which was great um, initially. And I, I was there for two years and it was a very chaotic two years. Um, there was lots and lots of different things happening within the company. The company were expanding really very quickly um, and doing very well. Um, and the role itself wasn't very clearly defined by anybody. So everybody was just kind of learning what we could do, having this facility in-house. Um, and it just became really crazy and really chaotic. And for me personally, that just didn't fit with me very well. Um, and I, I ended up... Uh, running into what I would say now are old patterns of finding things tricky. So work more hours, work more hours will always, I will always get a better result the harder I work, the longer I work, <laughs> uh, take on more projects, take on more things. Um, there was an element I felt of imposter syndrome, I realize now, so having to prove myself all the time. And that over a period of months and months uh, drained me to the point where I had nothing left and um, had to take a really hard decision. I had to walk away from that role and took three months off. Um, and I was Kate, okay, right, what do I do now? Um, I'd really lost my confidence and um, I picked up a... Um, applied I took I think a couple of months off just trying to get my head back in the game started applying for roles and a role came up at a local hospital um in the clinical research team um managing clinical trials and it was four days a week I wasn't looking for a part-time role but um that was the role that came up and I took the role thinking it's all completely new. 
clinical research, uh, working within the hospital environment, um, working with patients directly sounded really, really exciting um, and brand new. So kind of, you know, refreshing. Um, but also I felt like it was a job, although it was new, that it was a job that I could do. And I needed to go into a role where I could do the job, not need to take it home and get myself back and get my confidence back. Um, and so there, yeah, that was, I was in that role for two years and obviously the pandemic happened and my role changed really quickly. It was really exciting. And I was involved in COVID vaccine research studies and, um, and I got a kind of an opportunity off the back of that to um, take, but it's to project manage um, some funding that the uh, research team, the hospital was given by the local council to set up a clinical trials unit for Dorset um, and a clinical research centre as part of that. And the head of research um, contacted me and said, I'd really love you to take this project on and project manage it for a year. And so that's what I did. And within just it was at the same time that was right I'm just trying to think back now the same time that I got offered that role I was offered the role at Top MD which is where I am now and I couldn't decide that's when I contacted you Hannah and I was okay I was like well, okay what do I do this is really exciting opportunity one year project completely different to what I've done before I feel really strongly about research and clinical research and, and making those, that available for patients and within clinical setting um, so I was really passionate about that but I missed doing science and so I really kind of went backwards and forwards on which position to take. Um, now I was very fortunate to, to have a choice there. And I spoke to both bosses and asked them if they would consider allowing me to work part time in both roles, because both roles weren't strictly full time roles. And both bosses agreed. So I was able to managed to do to do both and essentially the first six months of my role the spin-out company was my last six months as a um, project managing the um, the clinical trials unit um, and yeah the clinical trials unit was set up successfully to time and budget I'm pleased to say and it was really really exciting and it allowed me the opportunity within top md to start setting up the lab so we knew that that part would be quite slow anyway um yeah and and now i'm still at top md and yeah it was it was really interesting way round to top md but i've learned so many different skills and met so many amazing people along the way and i i'm pleased to say actually i'm very lucky to say that I still have really good relationships and some still working relationships with all the people that I've worked with in all my previous roles. So that's been great as well. And I think that's so important. And it's also really interesting 
to hear what a long stint you did as a postdoc and how that you were able to get out of that cycle of mm -hmm. continuous postdoc positions to be able to move beyond the academic setting but it's kind yeah. of all come full circle but in a different context now yeah. one of the things that you described really well um and I could see it on your face was <laughs> superwoman mode you know when you had moved into that new um that new position beyond the postdoc um mm. you talked about okay I constantly needed to feel like to prove myself and in order to do that I threw more hours at it yeah if I can yeah. just work hard and put more hours in I'll get the result that I'm looking for yeah but ultimately there's then only so many hours we can do that for and so like a length of time that we can sustain that kind of behavior for yeah. before it all kind of falls apart yeah exactly so, one thing that I know is that people often think if I just get a new position, mm -hmm. then that's going to solve the problem of this mm -hmm. overworking. But often I know that there's um, there's much more to it than that. And actually, we need to look underneath as to why it's happening in the first place. So I know that when you contacted me, it was about do I what do I do with all these roles and how yeah. to make a decision but we also did some work around that pattern as well we did because I knew before I got um offered the role within the hospital to take on the the, the clinical trials unit I only had um a year a year to 18 months left of my contract as a clinical trial manager anyway and I absolutely loved the job and the people I worked with were amazing. It was and it and it was the role to get me back, get get my confidence back in my career. I had a really good work life balance, which I could say I never had before in any of my previous roles. Um, it was great. And I had really, really supportive bosses and mentors as well. So it was it was just the best position for me to take after what went wrong in the, my position at the biotech company so yeah that just kind of that was brilliant but I I knew that I I needed to move forward I wasn't I missed science I I was I was working like I say I really enjoyed the work but I felt I, there was so much more of me I could give that there wasn't really a position for me within the research team there that where I could kind of spread my wings I suppose and really kind of get my brain going and and just use all the skills that I have that I just wasn't using and I wanted to use um so I was already at that point when I contacted you that I knew that I needed to move on onwards but I just didn't know where that would be what that onward step would be I was kind of really stuck do I stay in the clinical research route within the research team do I go back into industry yeah, just I just couldn't just I just kept going round and round in circles and and I think that's when I saw your profile on LinkedIn and on Facebook and I've read some of the things that you put on your pages and I just thought okay actually some of the things that you're putting on there really spoke to me specifically and I and that's when I contacted you and then it just so happened that then these two things kind of just appeared in my life at the same time these two these two job offers 
Yeah, good. Thank you for um for that. And so we started coaching together and thinking about these decisions and also unpicking some of the patterns uh, that have happened in the past as well. Mm -hmm. Of the coaching we did together, what because we use tools in coaching as well to help move beyond specific behaviors once they've been identified. So Mm. of all the coaching tools, which ones were the most helpful for you and how did you use them? So um, we looked a lot on behaviour patterns and we talked a lot about um, natural talents and and skills and talking about, and I, I apologise, I don't remember the specific names of the tools that we were using, but it was all about natural talents and skills and actually understanding and it's it's weird because I've literally had a conversation with a colleague about this very thing this morning in a meeting (laughs) we were just chit-chatting in a meeting um and about how for a really good round rounded team that works really well you need people with different natural talents and you had that spectrum where um, you might have a CEO of a company that's on the top of this spectrum that's with creativity as their biggest, biggest natural talent um, and then and then other parts. And, and I was on the other end of that spectrum, more on the detail oriented and um, organisational. And that allowed me to be at peace with the detail-oriented organizational person that I am because I felt with all the reflections that we did as a postdoc I really struggled with so as a postdoc move forward you write fellowships the idea is to become a head of your own group and I have never been somebody that's wanted to be the head of my own group. I work really, really well in a team. Um, I work really well bouncing ideas off of somebody. I need to vocalize and verbalize my ideas, not necessarily for somebody to give me an answer. I just need that kind of sounding board. And, And also I really struggle with creativity. I, I've really struggled to cut with the, those those really amazing ideas. And I spent, particularly the last few years of my postdoc, really beating myself up over the fact that I will never be somebody who would be a team leader because I am not that person. How do I become more creative? I spent a lot of time trying to turn myself into somebody that I just naturally am not, which meant that, I just I found being a postdoc more and more difficult because I found imposter syndrome becoming bigger and bigger the more I thought about I don't know what's next I can't do what's next I shouldn't be here and so when we started talking about that in our coaching it just made me feel really relaxed and really like that's okay I don't need to be a creative person because particularly within top md but in there are people that already do that and actually what we really need particularly in my company is somebody like myself 
that does the detail and actually gets gets the bits and pieces done. And I am really confident in saying that out loud. And I don't I don't see that now as a flaw. I always saw it as the flaw, a really big flaw that I needed to fix. And now I know that um, actually, no, people like me are needed in companies because you need to get the stuff done. You can't all just sit in a room talking about the ideas. You can't get the ideas done. And I know that I'm that person that can do that. So that's where my value is to the company. And I feel confident saying that. And I would never have ever have talked about myself confident in that in that way before. And I think that's beautiful because I think once you own and it was the talent dynamics profiling tool. Like right, it, yeah. When do you really own those talents and understand them and value them in yourself? you're able to articulate that value to other people and recognize when you're adding that value and that brings the cumulative confidence that comes with adding value. Whereas if you're always berating yourself for not being something that you're not actually, then it's just hitting yourself with a stick all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that was my move from postdoc, um, I I was there was a lot of imposter syndrome and I essentially took another role that was more of the same really it might have been in a different area but it was more of the same I needed to be they needed somebody to have that creativity not they also needed somebody to get things done and they and you know and and I was always I mean projects were always getting done that wasn't the problem that was just lots of other things happening at the same time um but the imposter syndrome was really, really high. But I don't think initially at the time I thought it was that role that triggered it. But the reflecting that I've done with you and with myself since then, that was already there. I was already there as a postdoc. And so it was already kind of a ticking time bomb anyway. <laughs> and and my, my the only tool I had in my in my toolbox at the time was to work harder and more hours through imposter syndrome because obviously that is going to be the only way I can prove myself is just work harder and longer and and then I realized that no that just leads down to illness so yeah yeah I think that's so important I almost I guess I did the opposite switch to you I was the scientific project manager (laughs) in your role profile and that felt like hard work and I threw more time at it and other people seemed to do it effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And then making that switch into the opposite end of the spectrum for me. And I was like, oh, work doesn't have to be hard work. Yes, oh, right, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> work can yeah. actually be enjoyable and fulfilling and yeah. easeful when you hit that flow state. I think so, yeah. I mean, I found all the things like, you know, being in the lab, and analyzing data all those bits and pieces which I do now in my current role but as a postdoc I felt those are really easy so if they're really easy then I shouldn't be doing them I should be doing the hard stuff and the hard stuff is the creativity and it's the reading and and trying to find that next being the person that comes up with that next amazing project that's going to get funded and I just really really struggled with that and I now know it's just not a natural talent of mine but um and it's like doing the easy stuff is it's not it's just because it comes naturally to me 
it's not that I'm not hardworking or it's not that I'm um uh I'm I'm taking the easy path it just that is my natural flow state that's why I find it easy <laughs> it's just you know I can I can do those things that's just I say it's yeah it's been a lot of uh realizations that I've been fighting my natural self for a long while yeah which I don't need to <laughs> I think that's really important and it is part of understanding natural talents being able to fully own who you are without making it bad or wrong mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just to make sure I've captured your coaching journey uh you know um in your own words is there anything else that you found out of the tools that you have found really impactful for yourself as well so understanding um psychology of selves has also been really, really important um, to understand when I start falling into um, old patterns, as invariably we all will, none of us are perfect. And in times of stress, um, you're naturally gonna fall into a pattern that comes naturally to you. Um, but understand, but having an understanding of where that comes from which means um, now I I don't get to the point where I might start working longer and longer hours. It's a case of, oh, I feel this urge to start working more and more. What's happening here? And learning that, you know, I have uh, a strong pusher and a strong perfectionist. And actually those things drive a lot of my decisions and just working on where they come from um having an awareness that they're there and um and kind of allowing them to be but also just okay so this is the pusher like or this is the perfectionist kind of berating you here just take a moment take a step back what is really happening here what is the bigger picture and um you know with deadlines and things because I do have a tendency to fall into a an old pattern of okay there's a lot going on here I'm just going to work a few extra hours but you know I don't need to do that you know everything will be fine if I leave something till tomorrow <laughs> it's not not the end of the world and 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 I suppose in my current role um there's pressure but I also have um a boss that's um is is really pro work-life balance anyway so that's really really helpful for me um but no the psychology of selves um and just learning about myself a lot more um really really helpful and it's so great to hear you um having that introspection like noticing oh I'm doing this thing right now or I'm having this urge and actually stopping and taking stuff yes. what's actually going on so it's great that you've been able to integrate that yeah. and use it as a tool to uh to decide have a choice in that moment do I choose to put in the extra hours or do I choose to go home or do I choose yeah. having that choice instead of just being run by those behaviors all the time yeah that's a really good way to describe it actually being run by those behaviors it would be that's how I would have described myself just as a postdoc and, and a couple of years afterwards just being overrun by those different selves whereas now that doesn't happen I'm not saying like I say I'm perfect nobody is but um 
I wouldn't say that those particular selves that are stronger in me run the show and they might pop up um, (laughs) but I can try and bring them back or at least I have a tool to bring them back down so with the pusher and and I just think okay I'm just gonna have to go out for a walk and just clear my head and just get some fresh air and just take a breath and and then everything will seem fine in half an hour 45 minutes of fresh air I suppose um, that's the equivalent of putting these cells the pusher on the back seat and yeah. you're still driving the car instead of oh pushes in the driving seat off yeah. We yeah yeah and actually it's how I start most of my days now going out for a walk it's and it's just it's just I rather than hitting hitting the ground running at the beginning of the day I'm just like no actually I'm just going to take half an hour here to have a nice walk outside and just ease in um and yeah it just gives me it just makes you know how mornings get with everybody rushing around it just gives me a moment to just you know that let's take a breath before we start that mm, check yeah. in with yourself before you check in with the rest of the world yeah um and I notice on the days when I haven't done that yeah I do like your photos when you put them in as <laughs> in the app in our morning accountability I love that I do like the the dry frosty or snowy weather I think is my favorite actually Mine I mean I obviously I like the warm weather but when it's really blue sky but the ground is white yeah it's nice definitely so I have two last questions for you the first one is if you could go back to anywhere in the timeline of your life and whisper a piece of advice in your ear what moment would you go back to and what would you say to yourself oh that's hard um from from postdoc just telling myself actually you're doing okay just calm down actually everything's fine and you know you you are you're in the right place for then I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything that I've done because I know all of the steps have brought me um to finding yourself which has then brought me to learning more about how I fit with my career career choices my values psychology selves I've learned so much about myself even what I call through my blip of two years um I spoke to my daughter uh, recently and I wouldn't change that even though at the time it was really traumatic and was not fun at all and you know I and I, I got sick but I have learned so much about myself and I have learnt really good tools for coping with when things get stressful, but also um, learning um, about how important work-life balance is. Had I not had that little blip, who knows where I'd be now? And actually, I'm in a really good place. I'm in a really good place with my career, I feel, with work. Um, but also with myself and I'm a lot more accepting of myself which I wasn't before so I would just yeah quiet reassurance like you're okay you're doing fine it will it all does I don't know I'm not 
I believe everything happens for a reason. I don't know. I'm not a spiritual person, I don't think, but I don't know. I think everything just happens as it should. I would agree. I wouldn't go back and change anything that happened on that timeline um, for myself either. I think it all shapes who you are. Yeah. But I love that you're now in this position to be more accepting of yourself and in the process feel better as a result. Yeah. My final question for you, Erica, is if someone was just about to start working with me, what would you say to them? Like they're just about to start on that coaching journey. What would you say to them? Don't rush it. It's for some people, uh, um, we've spoken about this. Um, some people get on board and 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 get through the tools and, and some people are, can get on it really really quickly I struggle with I struggle with things like visualization and those kinds of things and those are exercises and practices that I have to go over and over and there is and again it'll probably be the pusher in me just like come on we need to get through it we need to get through this these few weeks these tools and at the end I'm going to be this perfect new person and it doesn't work like that it the, the you I'm always learning more so we still go through tools and we have our group coaching and some of the things um the soft power things that we're doing even just recently just brought up a load more aha moments and I just think coaching is initially when I first started I thought okay we'll do six months of one-to-one and Hannah will fix me and I will move out into the world and and have and and actually that six months was was absolutely amazing and I got so much out of it I wanted to get more and and I realized that actually it's not a it's an ongoing process and I would say a lifetime process almost in that we're always we're all growing and life hits gives us loads of different things all of the time and I yeah I'm still learning more I am still growing I am still continuing the group coaching because and even just listening to other people on the calls um just like oh that's a really good tip I mean even just this you know in the past few weeks I've learned about focus mate I've never heard of focus mate before but I'm just like wow this is amazing and so really and so just picking up things from other people as well but yeah I would say sorry it's a really long answer to question but yeah it's it's just it's don't think of it as a race just take it one day at a time and um yeah you just you just learn so much but don't worry if you don't get it straight away some some I found some tools or some exercises trickier than others but yeah still learning from them yeah stick with it I I like that analogy of uh I'm not here to fix you (laughs) (laughs) that's not what I do um it's all about being able to recognize what's going on in yourself and continue to grow and learn yeah 
that. And I think that thinking about it as a, a journey, particularly yeah. for people who want to continue to grow and develop beyond just yeah. the block is a beautiful way to think yeah. about this. And the tools, you can keep using the tools. And every time you use the tools, you know, in a few months' time, just something else will come up. Um, and, you know, because, you know, six months has happened since you last used the tool and, and, and you know, learning new things. Oh, right, okay, that's why that happened. And that's why I responded in that way to that thing. Um, yeah, so it's it's just a constant process. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Thank you again for sharing your coaching journey with us. It's been so great to hear your insights and I'm sure it will resonate with a lot of people out there. Thank you, Erica. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Women in STEM Career and Confidence. To get further support in your journey, join me in Breakthrough Unleashed on Facebook.